This is it, episode number 200. Yay! And what better way to celebrate than with a topic on Rails 3 Beta, which was just released. So here I'm going to show you how to get this installed and set up, and then in the next several episodes I'll cover the new features more in depth. Now even if you don't plan to upgrade anytime soon, I still encourage you to get it installed and play around with it just to get your feet wet and experiment with the new features. Now the first thing you'll want to do is run ruby-v to check which version of Ruby you're running. Now Rails 3 requires Ruby version 1.8.7 or greater, so as you can see here we're running 1.8.6, so we'll need to upgrade Ruby. Now while we could install it manually, I encourage you to check out RVM, the Ruby version manager. This allows us to easily install any version of Ruby along with uh, switching between them with just a single command. Now as far as I know it's not available for Windows so you may need to stick to installing Ruby manually on that platform. So to install RVM we could just follow the installation instructions and just run this command right here. So we'll just paste that command in and get it installed. And then once that command runs you get some instructions telling you to add this line of code into your RC file. So I'll leave that up to you because it's a little bit different depending on if you're using bash or zsh like I am here. So once you've added that line and just reopen a new terminal window and then you can use the rvm command to install any version of Ruby you want. So we could just say install 187 here or if we feel adventurous we can install 191 which I'll show here. In just a few minutes and many CPU cycles later you should have uh, Ruby 1.9 installed. You can check it with rvm list and just see all the versions you have installed. As you can see we have 1.9 there and we can switch to it with rvm 1.9.1 and then just check it out with ruby-v. You can see we're on Ruby 1.9. Now one thing to be aware of is that whenever you open up a new shell it will default to the systems install Ruby. So you can change the default using rvm and then change to 1.9.1 and then pass dash dash default as an option and that way when you open up a new shell again you'll be on that version every time. Now at any time you could just go back to the system installed version of Ruby by RVM system and then you can pass in default here if you want as well but we'll stick with 191 here. So now that we have a supported version of Ruby installed we can run these instructions to install Rails 3 beta. Now because it is a pre-release we'll have to install all the dependencies manually which is what this first line does here. So let's just copy this and paste it into the terminal. Now notice that I'm not prefixing the gem install with sudo. If you're using RVM you don't want to ever use sudo on gem installs. So just be careful with that. Now with all those gems installed we can then run the final command to install Rails 3. So with Rails 3 beta installed let's try it out and have some fun. So we can make sure it's installed by running rails-v and check the version and oops, as you can see, we get this error message complaining about a bin path. So if you get this message, just reopen your terminal window uh, or your shell, and then it should work. So let's try it again in a new shell, and now we get Rails 3 Beta. So let's try generating a new Rails application. Uh, let's just call it Top Score as just a place to you know, log your high scores in games. So that seemed to work. Let's go into that directory. Now one thing you'll notice right off the bat is that if you try to run any script commands such as script server, you'll notice it doesn't work. That file no longer exists because you no longer go through these scripts directly. Instead you run it through a Rails command and you just pass in the name of the script such as script or Rails server and that'll run that script server command. Now as you can see we got an error message and you can kind of expect some stumbling as you 
work through this beta release. But uh, let's just browse through here and try to figure these out. So as you can see, we get cannot find gem, SQLite 3 Ruby, so we'll need to install this version, uh, this gem. Now you may be thinking, hey, I already installed SQLite 3 gem on an earlier version of Ruby, so why doesn't it work here? Well, each version of Ruby you have installed comes with its own basic set of Ruby gems, so you'll need to install gems for each one. If you see, I do gem list here, and you can see this the set of gems is very small. It's just the ones I've installed here after I installed 191. If I go back to 186, the version of Ruby, that'll have the old gems I installed previously on that system in that version. So here we'll still need to install SQLite 3 even though it may have been installed in earlier versions. So with this installed, let's run our Rails server command again and see if we get any other problems. Well, we get a lot of output and some warnings, but so far it actually seems to be working. I think this is a lot of debugging output that we're seeing here. So we can try this out by pointing our browser to localhost, port 3000, and then we get our application, welcome aboard, and here is our versions and everything seems to be functioning properly. And then we could just start experimenting and building our application. So we can use the Rails generate command for uh, generating some scaffolding. We'll give it a game model. Um, with a name column of type string, and then just migrate the database, and then just go to our games scaffolding, and you can see our old familiar scaffolding for creating games and so on. So that's a way to get you started in playing around with Rails 3. In future episodes, I will be covering the new features in depth, but in the meantime, I encourage you to check out the Rails 3 release notes and just browse through and find out what exactly has changed and how you can apply it to your application. There's also an extensive collection of links for Rails 3 over at Ruby Inside, and I'll link to this in the show notes as well. Now, because you are working with beta software, there's a good chance things won't quite work right and you'll come across some bugs or problems. So what happens when you know it's not a fault of your application, things just aren't working as expected and you get some kind of error? The first thing to do is check if you have any additional gems or plugins that you're using in your application. It's a good chance these may be the problem because it may not be yet upgraded to work with Rails 3 or even Ruby 1.9. So check them and uh, if that is the problem, just add an issue or ticket to that gems project and that way they can get it addressed. So if you know the problem is with Rails 3 itself, you can go to the Rails Lighthouse and just submit a ticket there. Now here's a few tips on creating a good issue or ticket. Uh, first of all, look through the existing tickets and make sure that a duplicate one doesn't already exist for the issue you have. And when you're writing your ticket, make sure to include instructions on how to duplicate the problem along with your full error message and stack trace that you may be getting. And finally, include the exact version of Ruby that you're using along with any additional plugins or gems that you have installed so that way it's easier to duplicate the problem. And that's about it. Submitting good tickets will help it get noticed more and make it easier to fix the problem. So I hope this episode gives you a good starting point on using Rails 3 and expect many exciting episodes to come as we explore the new features. As you know, this is episode number 200. And for this, I'm announcing a campaign called Give Back to Open Source. A lot of work goes into open source software and it's made it freely available for all of us to use. So it makes sense for us to contribute back to it as much as we can. So here's a little challenge for you. So what I want you to do is open up your largest Rails application and go through the various plugins and gems that are used there. 
and just go through each one and look for ways to contribute back. If you go to their project page, a lot of them have a button for donations, so even just $5 I'm sure would be greatly appreciated. Alternatively, you could just go through some of their issues and maybe fork the project and fix a bug, or just go through their documentation on their wiki, or maybe make a blog post and contribute some documentation through that and give them some publicity. I'll leave it up to you for determining exactly how you want to contribute back, but I just encourage you to do so for all the various plugins and gems that are used by your applications because it really does help and motivate them a lot to improve the project.